Amen. God is good all the time and all the time. One more time. God is good. And all the time. He is faithful. He is good. He will never let you go. He will never leave you. He will never, ever, ever forsake you. And he is in complete control. And we serve a God that will chase us down to bring us freedom and deliverance. No matter what's taken place or where we've been or what we've gone through, God is with us. Now, here's part of the problem. In our humanity, we try to understand everything about God. But we're not called to understand. We're called to trust, believe, obey. And knowing that God is in control. I was watching a movie this week at my house. Um, the movie's called Greater. It is a true story. Um, about a young man who uh, loses his life in a car accident. And he was a believer. And the movie's called Greater because he, this young man, always in his faith was talking about doing greater and God being in control. And actually on his tombstone, what they wrote was, this loss is great, but God is greater. And I, I'm not ashamed to say it. I watched it by myself and booger cried on the couch. Abigail came to get me at one moment. She was like, are you crying? I'm like, yes. <laughs> but I feel in my spirit that some of you need to leave with that today, knowing that no matter the situation that you're going through right now and the loss of it and how hard it is or how great it is, God is greater. And God is greater. And he will always be greater. And we need to continue to trust and obey him that he is in control. You right now, you're watching it on Facebook or YouTube. God is greater than the circumstance that you're facing. And he's got you in the palm of his hand. And we thank him for the freedom. And even though we don't understand things at times, we know that God is in control. Amen? Come on, can you give God one more hand of praise this morning? So... How many of you here own an electronic device? How many of you here have had an issue with an electronic device? And, and let me define what I mean by issue. Getting to the point of the frustration where you want to get it and chuck it out the, you know, the, the balcony, whether it be a computer or, or, or a phone or, or a switch or, or whatever it is, right? Like it's, it's, it's not working, it's crashing, it's failing, the apps aren't opening, everything, something's happening, and you get it and you're trying to do everything and you get to wit's end and when all else fails, we turn it off and turn it back on. And then it works. That happened to anybody before? You know what I'm talking about? When you restart it? I, I remember a few months ago, uh, uh, I was in uh, Fort Worth, Texas at a Mercy Culture Church with Pastor Landon. I had preached on Saturday night in the Spanish service, and I was going to service on Sunday morning, and I texted Ralph, who's our media uh, lead, and, and I was like, hey, Ralph, what's going on? And, and he texts back. He's like, uh, uh, um, Pastor, are you awake? And I'm like, I just texted you. Yes, I'm awake. And uh, he's like, can I call you? I w there's something not working. And I was like, so I call him up. He's like, everything is on, but the microphones don't transmit sound. And I'm like, well, you make sure they're off mute. He's like, yeah, everything's off muted. Everything's, and nothing's on mute. Everything is working. Everything, it, it, everything looks fine. And, and I said, have you tried this? He's like, yes. He put me on FaceTime. I'm, I'm there in the car on the way to get these really delicious donuts over there in Fort Worth. They were really good. But anyways, I, 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 me and food. So I get to that, and I, and I look at it. I was like, what time is it? 
He's like, it's, it's 8.53. Service starts in seven minutes. And I said, turn everything off. Turn off the soundboard, turn off the snake, turn off the speakers, turn off the microphones, turn everything off and turn it back on. You've got seven minutes. There's enough time. He's like, are you sure, Pastor D? I was like, yes, just go for it. He turns everything off, turns it back on. Boom, everything is working. There's something about a restart that gets our things working again, isn't there? And we get frustrated with all these different electronic devices. I mean, we can't live without them and we can't live with them. But there's something about the power of a restart. And this year we've been talking about re all year long. That's the word that God gave us for this year. The prefix re, it's out in big bold in the lobby in big letters that light up. If you haven't noticed, go look at it after service. It's been there all year long. And we've had it on the hallways. We've got it everywhere. This is the year we spent the first two months talking about that God wants to reawaken dreams in you. That God wants you to return to him, that God wants to, to do things anew. That's what re means, to do something anew. And can I tell you that God today wants to restart some of our lives. There's some of us that we've got into this place that we think that there is no recovery for us, but can I tell you that God doesn't get you and chuck you off the second floor of a building. God will power you down and right back up to give you the restart that only he can do to give you the restart that he can only do. A few weeks ago, we were talking about revisiting our trips, our road trips, right? We talked about how we, we had the magnets. If you remember, I put all these magnets up there to remind us of the places that we have been, to revisit the victories and the stuff. And we closed that service reading Psalm 136, where every single verse ends, and his mercy endures forever. See, I want to talk to you today about that mercy, the word mercy is the word in Hebrew hesed. Can you say hesed this morning? Hesed. If you're online, it's spelled H-E-S-E-D, H-E-S-E-D. Put it in the comment box, hesed. Hesed is the word that we translate into mercy. We translate it into loving kindness, into a covenant love. It is the word love in Hebrew. Now, we, we hear a lot talking about love in the New Testament. We talk about agape, unconditional love. We talk about eros, that romantic love. We talk about phileo, that brotherly love. But God's love is this word hesed, this unconditional loving kindness, love in action, where he is doing something above and beyond, which is why when we read that psalm where it said, and we were being destroyed, and this was happening, or this was happening, but your love, your loving kindness, as some translations have written it, endures forever. It lasts forever. It does not give up. It gives no, it knows no end. That is that love. I want you to open to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations. And perhaps as I say this, you know, it sounds really good. God's love knows no end. And I ask you to open the book to the book of Lamentations. Why do I want you to go to the book of Lamentations? Well, let's give you a synopsis. Israel was in the middle of their dance of walking away from God. That's what Israel did. I've told you before, Israel was in a constant dance. I get close to God, I get away from God. I get close to God, I get away from God. And the prophet Jeremiah had spoken of the destruction was coming upon Israel and being taken captives because of the fact that they had walked away from God. And in the midst of that lament, God says this to the prophet, and he writes it down. Verse 22 of Lamentations chapter 3. Through the Lord's mercies... We are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every 
morning. And this is what that says there. His hesed fails not. His mercy, his loving kindness, his covenant love, it does not fail. They are new every single morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. In the midst of this year that we're in, 2021, still facing a pandemic that's been devastating thousands upon thousands upon thousands of lives. Starting a new school year tomorrow for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of kids in our city. All these different things that we are, and we're looking and saying, the world looks like it's in chaos. But because of his mercies, we are not consumed. And because of his hesed, his loving kindness, we have hope that we will be okay because God is the one that is in control of our lives. God is the one that is working in our midst. And this morning, he says, I want to give you a restart. I want you to start again, to have a new start or a new beginning. See, that's what the word restart means. It means to have a start again or a new start or a new beginning. And when something restarts, it first fixes everything that was a problem. Many of you know that I used to love NASCAR racing. I still enjoy it. I just haven't watched it in a long time. But last Sunday after we finished our online service and uh, uh, Patty was resting and the girls were doing I don't know what, um, I decided to turn on the TV. I actually was looking for football, but I found a NASCAR race. And I sat there and I started watching the race. It, it was a road course at Indy. I had never seen a road course at Indy for NASCAR before. And I'm here watching this race. And there was a disastrous wreck. And the wreck was so disastrous that they had to go into a caution, followed by a red flag, which means the cars don't even move anymore so that the track could be cleaned in order to have a safe restart. They had to get the debris out of the way. And can I tell you that in your life, God is not just doing a new thing and giving you a restart, but he's going to get the debris out of the way so that you can have a safe restart. He's going to put the quick dry on the road to, to pick up all the liquid. He's going to blow everything off that's in the way so that you don't get another flat tire. You just need to be ready that when he drops the flag, you hit the gas and you're ready to go on that restart. Because our God is faithful. So I want you to write this down this morning because you need to remember it. God is full of mercy and love. God is full of mercy and love. It's not like he runs out of it. I mean, have you ever wanted to order something on a special at a restaurant? When you get there, they say, ah, so no hakao. Oh, man, that's horrible, isn't it? All right, fine. Can I, I, I don't know where we were eating recently. I finally found something on the menu that I liked, and I... The, the, the waitress comes over. I said, I'm going to have this. And she walks away and she comes back and she says, I'm sorry, we don't have it. It was at Cheesecake Factory. Now, if you know, Cheesecake Factory menu is way too big. So I had finally figured something out. And now you tell me you don't have it. It's like, all right, give me about another 28 minutes because I got to read this whole book again, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, do you want to try this? No. Do you want to? That never happens with God. His mercy and his love. It knows no end. It knows no limit. It knows no boundary. And he's ready to give you a restart right now. You don't need to wait till tomorrow. I mean, we say stuff like this all the time. Come on, online campus, stay with me, right? How many of you have said this before? I'm going to start my diet on Monday. Anybody said that before? 
And if I went and looked at your calendar, you must have crossed out every Monday that exists because you ain't never started the diet. You know what I'm talking about, right? Let's be honest. I'm going to start on Monday. I'm going to start on Monday. I'm going to start on Monday. Ain't no Monday ever come. Your calendar has six days. One of them must have been longer than the other. I don't know. And what's the reality? We can't wait for the upcoming Monday. We need to start right now. We can't wait. Oh, I messed up yesterday. I, I, I guess I'll just wait till next week. No. It's time to restart today. Don't wait till the app, other app crashes too and the other thing crashes too to the point that you get so frustrated that you want to give up on the device. Let God give you the restart today. And can I tell you something? Write this down. God is looking to give us a restart. He's looking to give you the restart. He's not sitting there saying, okay, let me think about it. You're number 24 and we're by number 12. You're going to have to wait. No, he is actively waiting to give you the restart. And I'm going to prove it to you according to scripture. We know the story in Luke chapter 15. I'm not going to read it, but you can read it later on. We know it as the parable of the lost son. That passage could have a lot, or the prodigal son, could have a lot of different titles, right? We can call it the parable of the lost son. We can call it the parable of the two sons. We can call it the parable of the father that knows, whose love knows no end. We could call it the parable of the brother who is a pain in the rear and doesn't want to forgive the younger one, right? We can call it so many different things. But what's the ever-arching story of it? And I'll give it to you if you haven't read it before. So this is what's taking place. There's a guy. He's got two sons. And one of the sons, the younger one, comes to him and says, Dad, I want my inheritance now. In other words, this is what he says. I wish you were dead and I had your money now so that I don't have to do anything else. Sounds like a lot of millennials. Give me, give me, give me. Don't tell me what to do, though. I want you to be dead so that I can have what you have and live my life the way I want to live it. And the father sells whatever he has to sell, liquidates or whatever, and gives his son his inheritance. The father in action gave the son the son's desire. I no longer exist for you. Here is your inheritance. The Bible says that this young man went to a faraway land. He wanted to go somewhere where nobody knew him so they could do whatever they wanted to do. And they went to this faraway land. The Bible says in prodigal or wasteful living, he spent it all till the point that he was working at a pig farm in the pig pen feeding the pigs. And he desired to eat. Come on, church. You've heard, some, you've heard the story. He desired to eat what the pigs ate. I mean, the guy was basically on Big Brother desiring to be on slop. That's what he wanted. He's like, I need to eat that. That's all I have. And he gets to a point that he says, here I am. And in my father's house, there is hired servants, people that he pays and feeds and gives them room and board and takes care of them. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to my father. And since I'm not worth it, I'm going to tell my father. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just hire me as a servant. That's what I'm going to do. And he gets up and he begins to walk. 
And he begins to walk, rehearsing in his mind what he's going to say to his father. And the Bible says that when he was still afar off, the father saw him. And the father ran to him. And when he gets there, the son begins to say, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father says, don't you ever say that again. Bring me the sandals, bring me a ring, bring him some clean clothes and kill the fatted calf. My son was dead and is now alive. The father every single day stood looking for when the son would come back to give him a restart. Every single day. It wasn't a happenstance that that day the father happened to be looking. No, every day the father was looking saying, when's he going to come back? When's he going to come back? God is looking to give you a restart. You are worth it. You were designed with a purpose by him. You were put a, a, a passion in your life that God called you to do. There are people that you can reach for him that nobody else can reach. And you are worth it. All you need to do is ask for a restart. But what did the young man need to do? The young man needed to repent and turn around and go back to the father. And I want you to jot that down this morning. Repentance brings forth the restart. Repentance brings forth the restart. If you don't repent, there's not going to be a restart. If you don't acknowledge and repent and turn from what is wrong, you're not going to get the restart. Repentance brings forth the restart. We see it in Chronicles, right? We love to quote, if my people who will call by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and, and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, I'll hear their land. We, we, we love to quote it. But we don't understand the depth of what we're saying. That if, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. In other words, I'm going to restart you if you repent. I'm going to restart you if you repent. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to give you another example in the Bible. Everything that comes off of this pulpit or that you hear somebody preach, you should measure it against the word of God. The word of God is always right. King David is known as a man after God's own heart, isn't he? I mean, can you fathom that the all-knowing, all-powerful, everlasting God, full of mercy and love, says, this guy is a man after my own heart? Now, let's talk about who that man was before. He was a liar a thief, a murderer, an adulterer. He did a heck of a whole lot of bad things. But you know what he was good at? Recognizing, repenting, and getting a restart from the Father. That's why God says, this is a man after my own heart. He's not in his own pride, in his own selfish ambition, thinking I can and I and me and me and me and me. No, he is willing to turn around. I can, he wrote in the book of Psalms after he's confronted by the prophet Nathan, and he looks at God and says, do not depart your spirit from me. That hesed love, it's why he writes over and over again, and his mercy endures forever. And his mercy endures forever. If someone knew the value of a restart, it was David. Because the penalty for each and every one of those sins he committed was death. But 
the mercy of God extended his life and not just extended his life, but he promised him that there would always be someone of his descendants on the throne and we can trace down David's lineage to our Messiah, Jesus Christ, who is forever seated on the throne because God's mercy, when we come to him in repentance, knows no end. But you know what the problem is? Can I tell you what the problem is? You and me. We're the problem. Do you know why we're the problem? Because we're living in a time that we pride ourselves in finding out what somebody did that was wrong. This guy just gets hired to be the host of Jeopardy. Last a week, and they bring up something he said, I don't know how many years ago, and he's forced to resign. The guy that was supposed to be the MC for the Olympics Think about this for a second. They didn't change it when they postponed the Olympics for a year. This guy had been under contract to be the MC for the Olympics for years already. Two days before the start of the Olympics, it comes out that he said a joke 20 years ago that was wrong. And he had said, I'm sorry. And he said, I'm sorry again, but they fired him. We're living in a time that we want to cancel everybody when something is done that was wrong but we don't want to be canceled if we want to make a, if we make a mistake. Oh no, don't it doesn't apply to me. It just applies when I go to bring you down and try to put you down. We're the problem, but that is not of God. We're being like the older brother. What did the other older brother do in the story? Come on, think about it for a second. The older brother in the story comes back to a party. And he gets there and he's like, there's music, there's dancing. What's going on? And they tell him, your brother repented and your dad gave him a restart. Come and celebrate with your dad. And he says, I'm not going inside. To see that guy who did this and that, I'm not going inside. And again, the loving father, full of hesed, mercy, love, comes out to his son and says, come inside with me. Your brother was dead and is now alive. And you know what he looks at his dad and says? I've been here all these years. I've served you and I've done this and I've done that and I've done the other and me, 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 me. And here comes this son of yours. That's a very bad way of saying it. He didn't say, here comes your my brother. No, no. Here comes this son of yours asking you for a restart. And now it works. And you've never even given me a little calf to have with my friends. And that's the society we're living in today that we partake in sometimes. This is harsh, but I'm being harsh to myself too because I've been guilty of it. And it goes against the heart of God because what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to rejoice when somebody gets a restart from God. We're supposed to rejoice when I see my brother who had fallen get right with God and begin to lift their hands to worship him. We're supposed to rejoice when we see someone who was broken get restored. We're supposed to rejoice when we see somebody's marriage who was failing come back to life because God is in control. We're supposed to rejoice because our brother was dead and is now alive. 
but we're living in a time where we just want to criticize everybody and we even criticize God for forgiving them. Got quiet in this Pentecostal church. But the news that I have for you, which is so amazing, is this. No matter what you've done or what you've done or what you've done or what you've done, who's online this morning, no matter what's taken place, all you've got to do is repent and God will give you a restart. All you have to do is repent and get the restart. And every time the enemy comes to tell you, but you did that again. Yep, I ate the Twinkie when I said I was on a diet. But I'm not waiting till next Monday. I'm restarting right now. I'm going to get right, right now. I'm not going to wait for later. I'm not going to wait for next week. I'm not going to wait to power down and restart. I'm going to drop to my knees right now and say, God, here I am. Yes, I messed up again, but I thank you for your hesed. I thank you for your loving kindness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you that you restart me so that I can walk again in the fullness of what you have for me. I thank you for your hesed. And I rejoice when my brother gets a restart. And I rejoice when my sister gets a restart. And I rejoice when we're restarted to walk into the fullness that God has for us. And the news that I bring you this morning is good news. It's news that yes, you are a sinner and so am I but we have a God who's full of mercy and love. Who when we come back to him, will get us and give us a fresh start and clean the debris off the track and erase all the cookies that were on the system so that you can again walk in the fullness of the way he designed you. Church, it's your day, today, for a restart with God. No matter your past. See, if you go back to the book of Lamentations, you think of the depth in those verses. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Lamentations. Look what it says. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Notice what he says. They are new every morning. Let's break it down for us to understand it. You need more of God's mercy than you think you do. Get off your high horse of thinking you are above someone else and recognize that you too need that hesed love of God because you mess up too. I need it. Every single day I thank God as I sit at my desk and I pray and I read scripture, I thank God for his mercy, for saving a sinner like me who didn't deserve what Jesus did for him on the cross. But he loved me anyways. And every morning he looks and says, David, if you need a restart, here's the restart. Get back on the horse. Get back on what you need to do. And to you every morning he says, my mercies are new. 
And in that is our hope. That no matter what's happened, when we come to him, he will restart whatever needs to be restarted in you. Church, it's time for a restart. Let's stand to our feet. Father, this morning, all around this building and people tuning in online here in Miami and perhaps in other places, Father, we come before you asking for a restart. For we all sin and fall short of your glory. For some of us, we're asking for a restart because we have committed a sin against you. Some of us perhaps have committed a sin in judging everybody around us. But we thank you that we can come to you in repentance and you make us anew. Father, we thank you for a restart. And that in you, the old has passed away. And you make things new. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never surrendered to Jesus, whether you're in the building or you're online, or perhaps you have surrendered, but you walked away, and you don't even recognize yourself and your relationship with God at this moment, and you say, Pastor, I need a start, a restart in that covenant with God. It's been broken, and I need to get right with Him. I want you to raise your hand right where you are. And I want you to pray this with me. And if you want to do this for the first time, and you just say, God, I'm a sinner, and on my own, I can't get to you. But I believe Jesus is your son. He came to earth, lived a perfect life died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay the price of my sin. So today, God, I ask you, write my name in the book of life. And from now on, I'm yours. You're mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we just worship God for a minute?